0: In this particular economy, in this weird, unprecedented set of circumstances that we're in, for mm. the near-term foreseeable future, not long-term, but near-term, right cash is king. Absolutely. And you holding cash and continuing to save is one type of investing in this economy. And I know that doesn't make any sense, and normally I would never give anybody that advice. Right. But right now, holding cash and preparing for an opportunity is probably the best thing you can do with your money. relax your mind and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard, it's the higher standard. Welcome back to the show, everyone. If you're feeling some type of way about your bank, we've got a lot to talk to you about this particular episode. Let's do it. Side, you feeling ready? I'm feeling ready. Don't drop snollipops? All day. Bring that energy. This is a rare episode we're actually recording before midnight, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, exactly. I think everybody's feeling a little, a little more chipper than usual. So, to that end, depositors yank another $126 billion from U.S. banks. We're going to talk about what's going on at Charles Schwab. Let's just say it's not good. Yeah, that's so good. There is an implication to the job market. All of these things that have taken our focus off of the economy and jobs, well, the job market has not gotten better. It's gotten a little bit worse. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk about McDonald's, where you can't always have it your way.
1: No, you can't. Mm -hmm. I saw what you did there. Yeah.
0: And then uh, if there's time, we'll get into some bank stress and maybe some details uh, for the public, which I don't think most people understand about how banks stress their kind of financial portfolios, the regulatory guidance around that, and how some of the things that the Fed has done has been uh, something they should have foreseen to be problematic. Absolutely. But before we get into that, let's jump right on into the Yahoo article. Depositors yank another $126 billion from U.S. banks. This is... On the heels of what we talked about in the previous week, mm-hmm. where you may or may not recall, a little press release came out and Said and I were on the show. We were a little um sarcastic, maybe a little bit. A little bit. About how uh, Jamie Diamond and Chase came out and said, you know, uh, I I we oh, we oh that's right. That's we've right. advised people not right. not to poach clients. Absolutely not. I mean from smaller banks. We're getting deposits. I understand we're getting deposits, Said, but but we are not. Coaching clients, we're not taking taking advantage of the situation. We can't help it that they just like us more. You know what? Sometimes people just throw money at you, man. Yeah. I mean, what what am I supposed to do? Not take it? I mean, Jamie Dimon's on a pole and he's moving it. (laughs) He's moving that pole. People throwing dollars on the stage. Yeah, exactly. I would too. You can't. You can't not go out to the stage and take the money. Yeah, exactly. That'd be insulting. (laughs) It's super insulting. So he's been cleaning house after uh, several weeks of. Money flowing out over $100 billion last time we checked. Mm-hmm. Another $126 billion from banks for the week ending March 22nd, according to the new Federal Reserve data. This is coming straight from the source. If anybody's going to know it's the Federal Reserve where money's moving. This time, the outflow came from the nation's largest institutions. What? Oops. What happened there, Jamie Dimon? Yeah, exactly. Well, it turns out people, consumers, were going, you know what? At first... Oh, my God, these small banks, we're going to lose our money. Let's put them into a big bank. Right. And then weeks later, they're like, shit, we can get more money in treasuries and other places. Mm -hmm. Let's move money other places. Mm -hmm. And that's what's starting to happen. The biggest 25 banks lost $90 billion on a seasonally adjusted basis, according to the Fed. The smaller banks, which suffered massive withdrawals the previous week, as we told you about, as regulators seized. What the shit, Arun? I was reading that. (laughs) They actually gained back six billion on, wow. a ce- on a seasonally adjusted
1: basis. I got you so you guys totally are plotting against bad. you totally guys, you guys bad. are plotting no, against was, you right no, now. No, I know no, no. what it is. Yeah, yeah. He didn't screw up reading. Let's try to get him. We, we told this guy he's got a month to figure it out <laughs> 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 oh, I got some wiggle room <laughs> my, so, <laughs> knees, my knees are shaking so, the sm- so as Chris was saying, smaller banks were said to have stabilized their outflows per the article, and they actually gained back six billion on a seasonally adjusted basis, which was a little refreshing to see.
0: Yeah, I thought the total number was interesting. The Total industry deposits fell to seventeen point three trillion, down four point four percent from the same week a year ago. But seventeen point three trillion out right of banks. That that is a lot of money that went somewhere. Mm-hmm.
1: And in this article, it goes on. It goes on to say that uh, some of the money that's been flowing out, they've been going to the market uh, money market funds. Mm-hmm. Since January, investors have poured in five hundred eight billion into those funds, according to the Bank of America. And I thought it'd be interesting to actually get into that. Because I, those, I think that can easily get confused for a different type of account. So there's money market accounts. Mm-hmm. And, and money market funds. And money market oh, yeah, funds. So people, those, those aren't the same things, right? So a money market fund is not the same thing as a money market account. Uh, it's an investment that is sponsored by an investment fund company. Think of it like a mutual fund,
0: if you will. Yeah, kind of like that. What I would say is a money market account is money you put you put your money into a bank. It's like a savings account, like savings checking. Mm-hmm. Money market accounts don't have as much activity as like a demand deposit account. Mm-hmm. They're not really truly operating accounts. So they, they typically a, pay a little bit more. They get a
1: guarantee from like the FDIC, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. as all accounts can, if, mm-hmm. if, if done the right way, I should say. But a fund is a different kind of concept. And typically, you're going to get much more return. So Arun pulls it up on Wikipedia here. A money market fund is a kind of mutual fund that invests in highly liquid near-term instruments as people are always worried about right now, is, mm-hmm. is liquidity. Well, highly liquid, right? These instruments include cash, cash-equivalent securities, and high credit ratings, debt-based securities with a short-term maturity, blah, 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 blah. Here's what I'll tell you. If you mm-hmm. listen to the show at any length of time, you heard us say on more than one occasion that last year, one of the best returning asset classes was cash. Right. So, of course, as interest rates continue to rise and these problems continue to exacerbate the issue... Mm-hmm. exacerbate. hmm Exacerbate. Don't be dirty. Okay? <laughs> the... The consumer is now starting to figure out cash is king, but they want their cash to be safe. So they're going into things like this that are highly liquid, that, they, mm-hmm. that, that aren't necessarily what I would call an investment risk for them, right? but paying them a little bit more than banks. And, and this is where there's a real, a real challenge in the industry.
1: Right. Most of the investments in these type of funds uh, mature in less than one year. That's what, that's what keeps it less risky.
0: Yeah. Well, and the, the reason why is, is if you're going to put your money into something, right, you don't want to tie it up. There's some investment opportunities coming up. Mm -hmm. So again, it goes back to what we've been talking on the show cash in this particular economy, despite the old school mentality that if you're saving money, you know, Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're wasting money because it's not invested. Right. You lose it to inflation. You lose it to inflation in this particular economy, in this weird, unprecedented set of circumstances that we're in for Mm -hmm. the near term, foreseeable future, not long-term, but near term. Right. Cash is king. Absolutely. And you holding cash and continuing to save is one type of investing in this economy. I know that doesn't make any sense. And normally I would never give anybody that advice. Right. But right now, holding cash and preparing for an opportunity is probably the best thing you can do with your money.
1: Especially if you can earn like a 5% yield on it while the Fed's actively trying to force inflation down to get below that 5%,
0: right,
1: Mark, where where their rates are at currently on those savings accounts or those CDs, you know, you'll be receiving a higher return.
0: Yeah, and I, so Adam and I talk about this on all of the lives that we've had. Mm-hmm. We talked about this a couple of times now, and it, it's it's where's so. He, where's he from? Mind Pump. 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 You remember that show, Mind Pump?
1: I love that show, Mind Pump. It may
0: be the show that launched this show, <laughs> you know. Yeah, is... but they don't have tally lights like we do.
1: They don't have the tally lights. <laughs> and when we actually we get the YouTube show up and running, when people start to probably give us a little bit of hate for, hey, those phone panels look a lot like yeah. when, that. That's our way of paying homage homage
0: yeah yeah so mind pump put like 60 grand into just lighting alone their studio is incredible and we mean it totally sarcastically but what we will say is the one thing that we have they don't are tally lights and for you who may not be industry tally (laughs) lights basically tell us when a camera is recording you or you're previewed for the next shot or the other camera is just off for example we have three cameras in here and a television so at this point we can tell who the camera's looking at at any given
1: time yeah and it's a way of uh, Odun to give us a little heads up at where he's going to go yeah. next.
0: And they're like 50 bucks a pop, but we like to think that we have now outplayed Mind Pump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, Check. But going back to the original point, this is one of the things that Adam and I t- constantly talk about where he's got cash, he wants to invest and it's incredibly frustrating because you don't want to go into that old like mindset of, hey, I'm, cash is bad, cash is bad because you know right now an opportunity is coming but you have to be patient. Right. And I will point out, and this is a little bit of gloating on our part, mm-hmm. you know, good job. Chief really? economist, higher standard. Good job. Congrats to you. I don't know where this is going, but. yeah, You know, I'm amazing. You deserve it. You deserve yeah. it. We, we deserve it. Uh, we did say that July would be probably a lot of buying opportunities, and that was your time to start looking at home buying. Yeah. If you're in, in I'm real, feeling real really estate. strong about that prediction.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I I'm, do too. Uh, July, August. You um, know, this, this spring is going to be very, very telling. And we got more information on that uh, maybe on the next episode.
0: Next episode, yeah. 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 But on this one, we're going to go
1: farther into the trenches of banking. How in? I'll f- much we're we're going
0: to go down into Charles Schwab losing about $47 billion. Oh, boy. Ooh, Charles.
1: Oh, Charles. I know yeah. we covered him recently on a previous episode, but this this will go in depth a little bit more.
0: So Charles Schwab, their bank mm-hmm. is the problem here. Mm-hmm. Is, typically speaking, their bank... Charles Schwab is largely a wealth advisory firm, right? They're a custodian for financial assets. Mm-hmm. Right. Or... Third parties mm-hmm. to hold them. You can trade off them. People use them as a as a product. Right. Lots of, lots of value to their franchise. Right. One of the things they have is a bank. Yes. And the bank has typically been a lost leader for the wealth advisory piece. Yes. The registered you know investor for, uh, arm. And that has gotten them a bit of a problem because yeah. th- this is a uh, what are they seven trillion? What, what's the seven trillion empire? Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah.
1: We I, looking at it previously we talked about how. of their revenue alone last year came from net interest, which seems to be, it looks like they're operating much like a bank.
0: So they lost $47 billion in market value in a single month Mm. being caught up in the turmoil of Silicon Valley Bank. As much as we thought that Silicon Valley Bank, which was the second largest bank now to ever fail, was a problem. Mm Mm-hmm. As much as we thought Credit Suisse was a problem, but it's overseas. Yes. Different regulator, European, in my. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Charles Schwab's here. Right. And it's a big, big
1: problem. Big problem. It's one of the most trusted companies advisory firms, right?
0: Well, yeah, at least used to be. Now I don't know if they're trusted so much.
1: I mean, the article goes on to say, I mean, I know it's self-serving. The CEO came out and someone from Morgan Stanley came out and said that, you know, Trust is still there from their client base because people are dumping money in. We'll get into it in a second, but it goes to it goes back to what you've what you've been saying. It's it's really hard when these statements are self serving.
0: So one of the biggest problems. So this article from the street highlights is that it's really easy for companies like this to tout their financial expertise. Mm-hmm. It, it's really easy for them to say, "Hey, we're going to be okay." But how do you, as a consumer, really know? Yeah. Even if you know financials, even if you know the market, you could look at their public filings and you could just not know. Right. There's only so much you can glean from a public filing. Mm -hmm. And if they're losing $47 billion in market value in one month, you can go, okay, well, maybe this is is their publicly traded stock price. Right. That's the consumer sentiment. Mm -hmm. But is that consumer sentiment truly, truly their inherent risk, their value? Right. So when do you gauge whether it's a buy opportunity or not? How does a consumer do that now? Good point. And I would say in today's world it's probably social media. I
1: know but social media is the re- whole reason why we're in this mess to begin with.
0: They're they're a big they're a big part of it, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I you got you there ha, there has to be a few trusted sources like maybe the higher standard that you can trust.
0: You know? I feel like this is not financial advice, and that it's for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> oh, that's but right. if I were going to trade no, off of any any entertainment, right? Any entertainment in the world, I mean this this might be it, right? I know. So the reason
1: why the reason why they took such a big loss, which we covered on a previous episode, and if you missed it, um, based on their 10K filing, right, the average yield on their entire source of assets is two percent. That's only doable in a 0% interest rate environment. <laughs> that, that, that's not going to last you very long.
0: So, right? I should point out one of the things we talked about a lot on the show as a metric for banks, and this is just a general statement. Do not use this a, as your litmus test for all financial institutions. But generally yeah. speaking, in order for a bank to survive, they need a net interest margin above 2%. Mm-hmm.
2: The
0: net interest margin, the difference what they're making on loans, mm-hmm. the interest rate they're making on loans. Minus what they're giving out on deposits. So why the 2%? 2% generally covers your costs and gives you a decent amount of profitability. Right. Not to mention they have other sources of income, fee income, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where you should look to go. Which is why you
1: can't continue to just raise you know, the interest rate you're giving out on deposits because you're cutting into your net interest margin so and much. And those
0: reprice much faster than loans. Loans, you have to go out and make more. As you might know, the loan market's slowing down a whole hell of a lot. One of the things the uh, mm-hmm. Fed Secretary said during the last press conference was we expect a, a credit tightening cycle.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What he basically means is that credit's going to get harder to get, yes. number one. If they're putting out credit in some of the stuff that they used to before, right. I, I guarantee if you're in venture capital, you're going like, where the hell am I going to get funding from right now? Right. There's probably nobody in that space. Mm-hmm. Home equity lines of credit are really hard to get right now because yep. nobody wants to be a second trustee behind somebody else's you know, first trustee because mm-hmm. there's a lot less equity there. And people expect home values to go down. So I think, I think there's a lot of trouble in the market. And I think a lot of these things, this tightening that's going to happen is going to really impact the consumer. And now as this reprice has happened
2: mm-hmm.
0: and as deposit prices have gone up and loan loan prices haven't, y- loan yields haven't been able to keep up. Right. Even if they have, you can't make enough loans to move your weighted average coupon in your portfolio, right? Because it's not exactly. just… The billions of dollars you have now, it's it's moving the average of those billions of dollars up. You have to make billions of dollars more loans, right? Which you really can't do in this market. And you couldn't do it even if you could, and there was demand out there at a fast enough pace. Right. So people like Schwab who decided, you know what, we're gonna go into treasuries or we're gonna go into low-cost loans
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it's two percent. Well, if your deposits right now are getting, you know, if you if you want to be competitive in this space and you're trying to get deposits in the door and now it's four five percent, right? You were massively underwater.
1: Exactly. So Michael I can't pronounce his last name Cypress at Morgan Stanley said the firm's customers are moving cash out of sweep accounts into money market funds, Mm -hmm. which we previously talked about at a 20 billion per month rate. That's twice for what they were expecting. An analyst said that they will earn less from monetizing cash, which will hurt earnings on top of higher funding costs. While clients are leaving, while, clients aren't leaving they are they have other sources of liquidity earning face more pressure than we had expected so this goes to what you said right so if your net interest margin comes down okay let's say you're not having a run on your institution right but your earnings are coming down meaning your stock price is going to come down
0: right yes so the stock market for everybody out there who's not like super super into it let me make it very simple yeah and i do want to read the quote that that everyone has up on the board for the from this article because i think it's really important Mm -hmm. but The stock market is really just a discounted cash flow on earnings, right? So to make that sound really, really simple and basic, people look at a company and they say, how much money is this company going to make in the next year? Right. And your stock price is just a discounted cash flow determination, right? If I think this company is worth X because it's going to make Y and Y goes down, then X goes down. Their worth goes down. Right. And that's effectively how the stock market works. I know it's an oversimplification, but that's really what it is. You're just discounting cash flows. Mm-hmm. So to think of this in a bigger picture, if I want to sell you my company and I tell you it's worth $5 million, you're going to say, well, Chris, where did that $5 million come from? Yes. And I say, because it spins off $1 million a year and companies in my space trade at a multiple of five times or earnings. Okay. Okay. Let's just say I'm in the uh, cool guy with beards space, right? <laughs> that's that's, that's what we're going with. 5X earnings. <laughs> 5X. Or if you're in the real estate space or you're in the banking space or you're in the tech space, each one of these has a multiple for similarly situated businesses that have sold mm-hmm. a multiple of earnings. Yes. So that that's kind of a, a really basic core way of looking at how the stock market moves. Right. So when the sell-offs happen and drives the stock price down, mm-hmm. their market cap comes down, their valuation mm-hmm. comes down. Right because each one of the shares that make up the total aggregate value of this company has now gone down. Right. So that's really how the market works. And I know it sounds really, really simple, but that's really how it is. But it's happening on a massive scale with, you know, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of trades a day. Right. And all across the world and different companies all at the same time. Right. And people look at it as this, oh my God, red and green on these boards, and there's all these projections and numbers. Stop with all that, it's that mm-hmm. simple. Right. How much money is this company gonna make? Is it gonna make more or less? If it makes less, the company's worth less because people trade the value down because they know they're not gonna make as much. It's true. Whether they get paid dividends or just the appreciation in the stock and, price.
1: And one of the fastest ways for a company to manipulate or, you know, fix those earnings, right?
0: Their revenues to go up mm. is by maybe cutting their labor force. Right? Well, as much as I'd like to take that handoff right now in a segue game, I think you prematurely Got a little excited. Wait, hold on. But it's, it's also true, though. It is true. But, but it's that pre- was beautifully done. No, stop. It was a premature reference. It was beautifully done. We. I already said I wanted to go into the quote, in bro. Which, which is why you'll see a lot of
1: these financial institutions, if they haven't already, maybe continue to do so.
0: That's absolutely. Well, the easiest way to protect earnings, like you say, that's one of the easiest levers to pull. Yeah. And we are going to get into a number of different examples of where that's happening in the market yeah. shortly. Shortly. There are other things that companies can do besides that if they have retained earnings or capital, right? If you have the capital, you could do something like a stock buyback. Yes. Buy back your stock and limit the amount of stock that's out there because you've now bought some back Mm -hmm. and there's less out there for people to buy, which should push the value up because you're making-
1: Yeah, signals to the market like-
0: You have confidence in in your valuation and where you're going. And it also, because there's less shares out there, it should drive the price up. Supply and demand, basic. Right. Right? You could do something like that. You could pay more dividends Right, Mm -hmm. you've got more money coming in. You've made more earnings. You could return those earnings back to the shareholder. Right, right. After you've kept whatever you need for your company for operating costs, you can Mm -hmm. distribute more of it. Absolutely. So, from the Charles Schwab article, which before everyone leaves, it and leaves me hanging again, I did want to read this one paragraph. I thought it was really impactful. According to Bloomberg News, this is Charles Schwab's worst month since October 1987's stock market crash, known as Black Monday. Mm. That day, the Dow Jones Index lost 508 points a decline of 22.6%, and the largest daily decline in a stock market index at the time. Only the drop by 76% of the Icelandic stock market in 2008 would exceed this record. Neither here nor there. Here's the thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: In that market, they were taken down with Black Monday where everybody came down. Right. In this market, mm-hmm. they are not being taken down by everybody else. True. They're being taken down independent of almost all now grant all banks have gone down a little bit right but they're coming down a whole hell of a lot more relative to other banks yeah like first republic for example
2: exactly in case people don't know what is black monday
0: well you're the guy behind the screen with google <laughs> i thought you knew off top of your yeah, head yeah he does Since he don't. don't he's uh, <laughs> i i wouldn't be the first i will well, see there's several like recessionary economies that i've studied over time black monday wasn't one of them it was technically a stock market crash but it was i think 80, 87 right yeah so it's never been one that I, was, I found really interesting because there's some international implications. But mm-hmm. Black Monday is a name commonly given to the global sudden, severe, and largely unexpected stock market crash on Monday, October 19th, 1987. In Australia and New Zealand, the day is also referred to as Black Tuesday because of the time zone difference from other English-speaking countries. All of the 23 major world markets experienced a sharp decline in October 1987. When measured in United States dollars, eight markets declined by 20 to 29% three by 30 to 39 percent Malaysia, Mexico, and New Zealand, and three by more than 40 percent Hong Kong, Australia, and Singapore. The least affected was Austria, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger, a fall of 11.4 percent, while the most affected was Hong Kong with a drop of more more than 45.8 percent. What's the cause? Background, background, keep going down, 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 down. Before the New York Stock Exchange opened on Black Monday, October 19, 1987, there, were, there was pent-up pressure to sell stocks. When the market opened, a large imbalance immediately arose between the volume of sell orders and buy orders, placing considerable downward pressure on stock price. Regulation at the time permitted designated market makers, also known as specialists, to delay or suspend trading in a stock and the order, order imbalance exceeding that's the best to fulfill orders in any manner. Okay, well, so again, yeah. Meh yeah like this this is a very unique stock market driven thing i think there's enough regulation and controls in place to prevent this Mm -hmm. so much of what we've seen since the late 90s i saw the early 90s was fintech related that was in an industry sector Mm -hmm. you get into the housing crisis of the great recession that was stock market driven but really synthetic hybrid mortgage-backed securities really housing and, and banking and now in this particular market wherever the hell this winds up being i think you got I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I think you got a, a really good argument for a bad monetary policy recession. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So,
1: Absolutely. Actually, I pulled up a um, graph in our show notes. mean, could you pull that up, please? I think it's relevant right now. Pull that up. So this right here is uh, the Fed senior loan officer opinion survey from the Wall Street Journal.
0: Senior loan officer opinion survey.
1: Yeah. So the percentage of banks that are tightening their uh, lending standards. I don't know how reliable that is. No, but listen to this. Check it out. So, this this is this is why it's important. Percentage of banks that are tightening their lending standards, right? Making it harder to give out loans. The shaded areas from before are all recessionary times where we hit a, we actually mm-hmm. hit a recession, yep. right? Look where we are now. Peaking right back where, where they were before and we're we're going to hit another recession.
0: Well, and here's what I'd like I'd point out as well. So, on almost all of these you can see how there's a, a bit of a high point mm-hmm. and then it falls off just after the recession, right? Right. Or a high point and then it goes into the recession and falls off, mm-hmm. except for the 07, 08 kind of period, right? Right. Where it really spiked in the middle of it and then fell off. but That was actually, actually a pretty long right, recession. Right, but
1: each time it went up to this 45% mark, we, hit it, we were in a
0: recession. But look where we're at now on the chart. Mm-hmm. We're up and we're starting to hit that peak, that, that top portion. Mm-hmm. It's typically a straight fall straight down after this. Yeah. So the idea of credit tightening, mm-hmm. consolidation in the banking space, M&A activity, these are very real risks for the near term. Oh, yeah. It will be, and I'm going to go on the record, and this is, this is a prediction, this is a promise, you can call it whatever you want. 2023 will be a very rocky, bumpy year. And the more and more I start spending time thinking about the ideology of a rolling recession, Yes. Where it goes sector by sector, as opposed to just the entire country. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to feel like what we're dealing with right up until we get to a point where unemployment gets really, really high. And then it's just going to feel like a recession.
1: Right. Yeah. And we, and the worst part about it is what we know is the highest point of that unemployment mark will be after the recession is already declared over. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, the National Bureau of Economic Research, not a fucking word. Mm there was there was recession talk after two quarters of negative GDP growth going back to january one twenty twenty two right well over a year ago right and here we are sitting with our thumbs up our ass, waiting for the National Bureau of economic Research. are they all on holiday yeah exactly like what have y'all been doing for a year like why can't we get an update from them? You said we all on holiday you you really going with that? That's, I feel like that, that's your thing it's like being a little european <laughs> You know, like why, we call uh, vacations.
1: They say on holiday. So why why this now? I've never heard you once. I've known you for 20 years. Never called it on holiday. We record a podcast now. It's on holiday.
0: I feel like being sophisticated for the fans. <laughs> what? Europeans are sophisticated? <laughs> I'm trying to change the vernacular, man. Yeah, I can see. Yeah. You're trying know, to throw I'm, me for a curveball. I'm out here throwing curveballs. Now curve I'm stuck for the
1: rest of this episode. I'm thinking, are you saying holiday? <laughs> I'm going on holiday. <laughs> i I'll leave,
0: I'll leave tomorrow morning, super early. Oh, I'm going on holiday. On holiday? To Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. This
1: guy, Chicago.
0: Man, I'm telling you, I'm gonna start speaking with an English accent on the show slowly. <laughs> slowly. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, transition I'm gonna bring it time. in. Exactly. <laughs> and halfway and we'll be like, hello everyone, welcome back to the show.
1: <laughs> My right.
0: co-host Sade. Yeah. I can't say his name anymore because it doesn't really sound phonetically sexy in English. Yeah. Well, we'll get into more
1: on the Fed later in
0: this episode. Start calling you Muhammads.
1: Yeah. We'll go with that too. Have three first names.
0: <laughs> you do. And yeah. Well. Shall we have a moment of silence for uh the meta employees?
1: That's <laughs> just meta, but yeah. I mean, they got started and they're they're actually going in rounds. So this is their second round of layoffs. And it's not looking good,
2: kids. Wow. Well, he actually
1: giving them a moment of silence.
0: <laughs> so, according to a Forbes article, we have pulled up, a hundred and thirty. 6,000 people lost their jobs and major layoffs at U.S. companies over the fiscal quarter ending this week. Mm. Today is April 3rd, day of a recording this. More than the two prior quarters combined, mm. as tech and manufacturing layoffs led by Amazon, Google, Meta, and Microsoft surged, according to Forbes' layoff tracker. Layoffs through the first three months of 2023 have already exceeded layoffs in the last six months of 2022, when more than 125,000 employees lost their jobs in major U.S. layoffs as companies started to fear high inflation and multiple rounds of interest rate hikes that could throw the economy into a recession. Yeah, man. So, yeah, that's not good. Not good at all. I would like to also point out that one of the things that I think is a good indicator of it being really tough in the space, mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about Apple historically. Remember okay. we heard the article on the, the previous show about how they'd taken certain steps, but they hadn't laid anybody off. Right. They weren't rehiring people, they were getting rid of some French benefits, they were doing all these things. Lumping
1: the um, They had two bonuses, they're lumping mm-hmm. them both into one.
0: Now they got a ton of money. Yeah. Actually, if you can Google how, uh, search in, on Google and see if you can figure out how much cash Apple's dragging. How much cash does Apple have? I'm sure it's Apple's cash on hand for the quarter ending December 31st, 2022 was $51.355 billion, a 19.65% decline year over year. Mm. Apple's cash on hand for 2022 uh, was $48.304 billion, billion, so a lot of billions. Mm. A 22.89% decline from 2021. Right. Uh, Apple's cash on hand for 2021 was $62.639 billion. So they got a lot of cash. They got a lot. Yeah. And here's why I point that out. Despite all this cash on hand. Okay. Despite their profitability just being fucking great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're crushing. Yeah. Blue chip. Yeah. Blue, blue chip. Yeah. Yeah. Double blue. Double blue. Got it. I've heard a little rumor that uh, they're going to have some layoffs. They, really? they've, they've gotten to the point where they feel like this is a necessary thing. They didn't want to have the image of like weakness or like, you know, hey, we're not like everybody else out there. They, their image is very important when it comes to stuff. Absolutely. And yet now we're hearing that that's a possibility and really? they expect there to be layoffs at Apple.
1: Well, you actually heard this rumor or was in this article.
0: I don't think it was in this article, was it? No, I didn't read this article. No, no, no it was in the article. Yeah. You don't read articles that I post? I do. I read, I read the other ones. Jesus. Well, a room pulled it up from The Verge.
1: The Verge. The verge.
0: Are you on the Verge? Uh, I'm on the verge of being too goddamn sick. Apple has reportedly started a small number of corporate layoffs. The company has stood out from the big tech crowd and not doing layoffs, but it appears that has come to an end. Wow. And in typical Verge fashion, uh, they have all sorts of pretty pictures.
1: I mean, and these these layoffs really add to their, these companies, the bottom line, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, it's not—it's not just the salaries they're paying now. You got to think about benefits,
0: salaries, right? benefits. It's the bonuses too. They accrue for those. They hold mm-hmm. them in cash effectively until right. such time as time to pay and them then
1: out. If they actually take it a step further and actually, I don't think it happens for a company like Apple, but reduce their, you know, office space.
0: I don't know that a company like Apple will reduce a whole bunch of their office space. Yeah, not Apple, but other certainly companies. Google, Amazon. Uh, I think Meta has reduced their Apple's. No, Amazon. Their Amazon their stopped space.
1: construction completely on yeah a few projects. They,
0: Man, they they pulled out. <laughs> yeah, they pulled out of a number of deals where they had committed to being in. <laughs> they pulled out on their commitments. They pulled in and docked. Yeah. Let it sit there. We want this. They're like, you know what? No, no, pulled out. Not. At least it. it
2: took thirty minutes until it got dirty.
0: Thirty minutes. That then, wasn't dirty. But but that they a room. What what are you referencing? Wait, but they didn't finish. <laughs> <laughs> Less some people are very frustrated. Yeah, very, yeah, exactly. You know? Got theirs. You get in here. We're doing all this work <laughs> just to make you happy. Right. And then you just don't finish no. with the contract. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The audacity. I could imagine that person is very frustrated. Very. I like, feel so. like a one-sided endeavor. Yeah. That being said, uh, Arun, I don't know what alleged reference you're making as it is to this dirtiness. But mm-hmm. uh, if you feel like you need to admit something, now's your time.
1: No, no, no. He's
0: good. I'm going to try to save him. You want to talk about it? No, no. come on, man. <laughs> but I, I heard a, an, another
1: company, Chris's favorite fast food chain. That's huge. Wait, what G- was that? Yeah, that was, what favorite was that? Favorite fast food chain. Uh, time stamp, a little bit there. I'll, I'll let them know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let the team know to edit. Wait, yeah. I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm, trying to, I'm trying to rip on Chris. You're not going to tag team this for me?
0: This is a very weird position oh, to, me to be in. I'm actually reading decently, and you sound like me. Yeah.
1: He wasn't even reading. No, he wasn't. Reading. This, remember, he was m- remember, this is on the heels of Chris saying that you he, know you had a rough
0: week. You Want to yeah. talk about that? We've had this a very. This is on the heels week.
1: that Chris actually went to a McDonald's drive-through.
0: I did. How do you know about that? <laughs> 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 I went through a McDonald's drive-through. Let me tell you, man, it was a uh, it was a refreshingly uh, memorable experience.
1: I don't understand how, when there's In-N-Out right around the corner, how do people still go to McDonald's? It's not right around the corner for me, man. <laughs> Come on. It's, it's, worth, not, it's,
0: it's worth the additional five, 10-minute drive. No, nah, man. It's like an additional like 15-minute drive. Stop it. I'm just saying In-N-Out can make life a little bit easier for me, especially when you go to like a drive-thru In-N-Out. Yeah. How many times you roll up to an, a drive-thru In-N-Out, you're like, man, fuck this. I don't need that garbage roll. Uh, stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> Come on. You're not but, just lying no, real, to me. You're no, lying no, honestly, to every single one of the listeners of the
1: show. My, my wife took, I actually have a photo. My wife took um, the kids to In-N-Out the other day, and she took a picture of Adam, and I I looked at it, and in the background, there's a girl sitting inside, in and out, eating McDonald's. I'm like, how, how much do you not like respect yourself? This is crazy. What are we doing?
0: <laughs> I'm gonna share this with you, bro. But I don't. No. <laughs> You've done this? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Fuck you very much for that. Um, so we had my son's birthday party over the weekend. Yes. Saturday. Thanks for showing up. Yeah. <clears throat> I have no reason. Were you there? I, Wow. Oh, i know I know, wow. I know don't be that guy <laughs> you can open up in the show share some personal content man let's, let's let let people know who you are well if it counts for anything
1: his birthday is today so happy birthday carter happy birthday to yeah. carter thank you i know you're listening happy to this birthday. 20 years from now yeah <laughs> <laughs> damn my dad was a douche yeah <laughs> wow
0: yeah that wasn't the reason why he's a douche but yeah so we had this big birthday party for him we had this like beautiful wreck it ralph cake it's on my social media if you want to check it out that's mm. on uh, one of my posts very um, underrated movie very underrated movie. I like it. Yeah. Record Ralph breaks the internet's better than Record Ralph in my mind. Just two cents. Okay. Beautiful cake, right? But nobody cut it open on his birthday at the park. Mm-hmm. So we brought it home. I get home today. My wife wants to do the cake candle thing for my son again today. Right? Okay. Cool. Whatever. Cut the cake, and I'm like, shit. It's only the three of us. It's a big ass cake. Yeah. What did you do? I ate it. No, you didn't. Not the whole cake. But I had. a Do good, you remember there was there was a time? Don't do this. Don't don't shame me.
1: No, no. There was a time where bitch. you used to eat so clean, if you had a cookie, you'd be like in the bathroom vomiting.
0: No, I saw I saw that problem. No. I saw the problem. If I if I eat sugar like that, like refined sugar, yeah. like within five, ten minutes, my butthole goes, Hello. <laughs> hey. It's it's bad. It's, it's, like,
1: it's, like, it's like it's like when the FDST shows up, hey.
0: Hey. <laughs> We're here to talk to you about your doors. We, we can close them.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Hey.
0: No, but uh, yeah, I still don't tolerate. Uh, I don't tolerate sugar that well, man. If I have like a, like a good amount of sugar, yeah, instant poo poo.
1: I'm not. I'm not. I've never been much of a sweets guy, but I mean, I, I'll enjoy a whole bag of chips. Could have fooled me. Yeah, I don't like sweets.
0: Whole bag of chips. Whole oh, bag. you were fiend. You were so upset before the show started. When you when you, you were like, hey man, would we eat all the chips? Where the chips go? Where the chips <laughs> yeah, at? I was so upset. You were so upset. Yeah, exactly. You you were. Let's be honest.
1: You've had a lot of those chips. Uh, I have not had a lot of those chips. Don't do this right now. I'm just I, being honest. The listeners want to want to hear about McDonald's.
0: Well, McDonald's in January said uh, that it had planned to make uh, difficult decisions. Mm. Now, this is going to sound like McDonald's doing the right thing but then I'm going to explain to you what McDonald's is really doing. This is crazy to me. This is crazy, it, This, is the, the, this move, wild. I could not believe it. Did and you the, actually read this article? I, re- I read this. Because uh, re- it had McDonald's in it, you fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is this what Chris's go-to order is? <laughs> to make the difficult decision about changes to its corporate staffing levels by April. So they said this in advance. They told their employees, by April, we're going to make a difficult decision as it relates to our staffing. So the employees know is a foreshadowing mm-hmm. of layoffs, right? So, <laughs> is that cruel? Is that unusual? Is it good? Is it bad? I, mean, I got mixed emotions, but I think for the most part they're trying to be transparent.
1: Mm-hmm. Good for them. This is about their corporate offices, right? Yes. Yeah, because we know that you know the actual locations are franchise. Franchise,
0: yeah. Right. So, as part of a broader strategic plan for the burger chain. Mm-hmm. Okay, they've said it. They they, they made this difficult decision. It's out there. The employees know shit. Yeah. Am I to lose my job? It's coming, yeah. This is bad. Right. And you know what? I, again, mixed emotions. I think, me personally, I think this is a stand-up, good, communicative way of doing it. Right. Until the next part. What <laughs> the CEO do? Chief Executive Chris, I can't say his last name, said in an interview at the time that he expected to save money as part of a workforce assessment. But said that he didn't have a set dollar amount or number of jobs he was looking at to cut. Here's a quote Some jobs that are existing today are either going to get moved or those jobs may go away, Mr. Chris said. Wow. Nothing, nothing particularly sexy about that. Now, here's what I'd say No, that sounds like you're not,
1: like you're not prepared. Or you haven't done your due diligence. That's not the way to answer that.
0: Or he's trying not to scare people. But So to your point, you come out with a statement, you're very forthcoming. April, we're doing this. Right. Then you say, but I got fucking no idea who's going to impact. <laughs> yes. Some people's jobs are going to be impacted. Some people, I don't know. Right. Okay, You're not exactly giving somebody any type. of You could say, hey, we're going to streamline certain divisions, this division, that division. Okay. We're gonna scale back real estate. We're gonna scale back franchisee. We're gonna scale back, you know, this operation, that op, whatever. You could you could have been targeted. Granted, you would have struck fear into some of your employees that mm-hmm. won't be laid off as part of part of this process. But the, the entire company's not going shit. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> what's, what's this guy doing? Yeah. Like, there's there's no like bounds. Right. You set up no. So if you were trying to instill confidence and be like full disclosure, mm-hmm. I mean, damn. Right. Not and good. again, like, I don't think you should ever, you should ever target a dollar amount. I think what you do is you try to trim the fat where you think that there is some, Okay. you know, like I, I've been trying to do with my diet for several years <laughs> and unable to do largely because of this asshole. <laughs> 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 but, uh, that being said, you know, I don't care about the dollar amount, but you should say where you're looking to cut, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Especially since they're a global company,
0: a hundred percent, hundred percent. I believe this applies just to the U S operations for the for full, full disclosure. So McDonald's employees employs more than 150,000 people globally in corporate roles and its owned restaurants, which is there are a lot of those Mm -hmm. with 70% of them located outside of the U.S. The chain said in in February. So 70% of their workers are outside of the U.S. That's That's, crazy. That's nuts. Let me tell you what these fucking guys really did. Okay. Okay. Let me give you the dirty. All right. So they said for three days starting, I think, Monday of this week. So today, (laughs) three, third, fourth, and fifth. Right. Y'all work from home. That's so... Everybody work from home. Everybody.
1: And if you had a meeting, cancel that shit. An in-person meeting,
0: cancel it. Yep. If you had an in-person meeting, cancel it. Nobody's having meetings. No outside vendor meetings. Cancel it. Everybody's working from home for three days. Wow. Because they want to have the layoffs those three days. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. And they want to do it without having to have face-to-face conversations. They want to do it over the phone or via Zoom or however the hell they want to do it. Maybe it's just like a, you get an email. You get an email, yeah. It opens up like one of the envelopes and outside the pop's like, you're fired. I mean, you know, you don't know, right? It's so
2: fucked, man. You,
0: you get a free Big Mac. Yeah,
1: that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucked. cool-hearted asshole. So,
0: you're such an asshole. I'm trying to make light of a bad situation, but no. look, it, the, the reality is I thought this was such a chicken shit way of doing it. A coward, like, man. Like, Cowards, man. Cowards. If you have to lay off somebody who's scheduled to come in, like tell everybody to work from home for three days. Right just so you can fire select people. I I don't know that that's a good thing. Oh, a room pulls up an article from CNBC, McDonald's employees, roughly 45,000 people in the U S across its corporate offices and many company wide restaurants. What's the title of this article from from CNBC? McDonald's closes corporate offices as it lays off hundreds of workers. Mm. So again, not a huge percentage. It sounds like, but still, why are you closing your office? I mean, just stand up and do the adult
1: thing. Right. This is just going to strike so much fear in, in everybody. I mean, you know, the, how you handled it? It's like you fumbled it.
0: No, nope, start... nobody's working those three days. They're just looking at the email, waiting. They're for all phone calls. they're all talking to each other constantly. Yeah, no, this is this yeah. is all fucked. This is not the way. No, no, this is not the way. But I mean, maybe the intent was to make it easier on people so that they didn't have to like get their things and be embarrassed. I guess right. I, right. I don't. I don't know. It, it just seemed like kind of a coward's way out.
1: I mean, I guess it depends, right? If 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 I was getting if I was getting laid off. I, yeah, I guess I'd rather be laid off while I'm at home. I'm a, don't make me come into the office, get dressed up, go to work every day, say hi to everybody. Hey, say, so can you come on in? I need to talk to you. Be like, no, I mean, just, just tell me not to come in today.
0: There's no there's no easy way to deliver bad news. Right. So before we end the show, I did want to talk to you about something. Me? You. Personally. You. Okay. There's none of, Is there another co-host here? Arun, <laughs> you want to talk to me for a minute? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's do it. Yeah. I have been getting pinged a lot, and I don't know why, but people asking me what my thoughts are on the new blue check marks on Instagram. Oh, okay. Hey, yo, man, this is bullshit. Now there's a way on Instagram you tap on somebody's name with a blue check mark, and okay. it'll tell you the month they got verified in the year.
1: The month they got, meaning the month they started paying? No,
0: no, everybody. So if you go to, the, like, the top of someone's Instagram profile and you click the little, um, okay. the little the name, their name, right, mm-hmm. it'll tell you, if, they, if there's a verified check after it, it'll tell you. But it won't tell
1: you whether they paid for it or if it was ver if they handed it out. I don't understand.
0: So Arun's going to go to mine right now. Uh, go go uh, go to somebody else. Go to my wife. Go to Joanna's. Right. Go to her profile. That's their stories. I'll teach you how to use Instagram later. <laughs> um, and then you have to click on it. There you go. Now click her name. There you go, and it pulls up verified on March twenty twenty three, right? Oh, okay. And that's. So anybody who got verified March 2023 or after, mm-hmm. probably paid for it. I see. Well, not only probably they did pay for it. Got it. So it's interesting how they they built in a way to see if somebody has a legacy verified check mark or if they're on the paid plan because everybody March 2023 moving forward paid for it.
1: I think that I feel like the value behind the blue check mark is just going to go
0: away. So I'm going to put it, this in perspective for what it means for Instagram, but then I'm going to tell you my thoughts. Okay. So for Instagram, they sold 400 or 44 million blue checks in one day at $15 a check. That's $660 million they made just because people wanted the blue check mark.
1: That's so, and that's, it's $15 a month. A month. So that's $660 million that Facebook's going to be making
0: every month in addition. But that's just one day that's just one that. day. You're right. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. And there's uh, the, the vast majority of people I've seen on social media so far don't have verified check marks. I mean, so, I'm
1: not, I would never
0: pay, pay that. So here's what I think. Number one, mm. I do think that everybody should have a verified profile. I don't think you should have to pay for it. I agree. I yeah. think, frankly, you should submit your ID anytime you have any kind of social media. This way you eliminate bots. Absolutely, yeah. If the intent is to eliminate bot, why am I paying for something that you should inherently be doing? Right. If you're a social media company, you shouldn't have bots on your platform. Mm -hmm. And just because, I like LeBron James said, he didn't want to pay for it, and he was like, fuck it. I love that. On Twitter. So what happened? Mm -hmm. Elon Musk then changed. Anytime he clicked on somebody like this on Twitter, he clicked on their Mm -hmm. user profile, it would say, this person is subscribed to Twitter Blue, or it'd say it was a legacy verified account. Yeah. Now it says, this person is either subscribed to Twitter Blue, or it is a legacy verified account. There is no way to tell whether if it was truly legacy account or it's Twitter Blue. Right. But why does it
1: matter? Why, why, do, why do you think people would care if it was legacy?
0: I think I think the idea is that people still are hanging on to the concept of notoriety being established by uh, some kind of symbolic thing like a check mark. Okay. So here's what I truly think. I think this is a great thing and I don't mind people paying for it. Right. But here's what I think. I think for some people, it's more important than others. Mm-hmm. If you're the CEO of a company or you're an executive of a publicly traded company or you're somebody who has had Fake accounts, stalker accounts. Right. This is a way to ensure and that's what this is really all about in the beginning, right? It's like, oh, this is LeBron James' real account. There's other accounts that are out there claiming to be him, those are not him. Right. That's what a check mark was supposed to be. Right. And I think this gives the consumer a way to do that. Now it's unfortunate you have to pay for it. Right. Right. Because now they're taking advantage of what used to be social like notoriety.
1: I feel like it would be more valuable if, you know, they had the, the different color check marks. I think the way Twitter does it.
0: Right. Yeah, but that's also controversial too. So let's say you want to go to, to Twitter and you want to, you want to get a verified checkmark. You can subscribe to Twitter Blue. Okay. You go direct through them, it's $8 a month.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think if you go through um, Apple for your subscription via Apple Pay, or whatever, your Apple apps, it's $11 a month. Okay, fine, no big deal. If you're a company, no matter your size, it's $1,000 a month for your company to be verified. And then $50 per employee. Wow. The, empo- the, the employee will get a verified badge.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mind you, they can do it individually and get a verified badge for who they are individually for $8 a month. Yes. But they'll get for $50 a month per employee. They get a verified badge and they get your company's icon next to their verified badge. So, like, for, like, the all-in guys, it's yep. verified. and they have the little all-in icon, like, logo next to their name. That's a thousand dollars a month for the company and then fifty dollars per person at the company. That's a little while. If you're a small or medium-sized business, that's more money than you could probably pay. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're a huge company like Coca-Cola or Pepsi, mm-hmm. that's not a not a nothing to you. That's not a problem. I guess I'm just not giving these check marks enough weight. I, well, look, we're in a time of renaissance right now. We're going through a social media renaissance. So the idea of a check mark what it used to be is not what it is now. And it's not what it's going to be going forward. And we're still having this mental transition where we're trying to figure out how valuable it is, mm-hmm. but truly why, why did we ever accept a world where someone could sign on and make up whatever name they wanted to be? Right. It's crazy. Yeah. So this, we should have always had verified accounts where someone literally signs up for an account. It can't be that hard. Dude, you got AI now. You tell me yeah. AI can't read a driver's license in a photo and go, okay, this is person's this account. Right. And then you assign a credit card or something like that. Someone does like an ACH. Right. You could automate the entire process to verify who you are.
1: Or send me one of those emails by having to select how many street lights are in the photo.
0: Whatever. There's, there's got to be a way <laughs> on, AI man. can do this better, right? Yeah. You know, or subscribe. I understand if they need staffing, they need people, but you're making $660 million a single day for check marks. right? And this is... Times 30 day 30, 30 months, you yeah, know, right. sorry, 12 months. 30 uh, months, really? Every, uh, I'm, I'm having You're a, i am having I was on? looking at you, bro. we you
1: stuck on? 30 months. <sighs> I'm
0: stuck on the stupids. <laughs> just, Shit. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, times 12, right? Well, yeah. let's just say this goes up from here. They did this in one day. Let's say that, let's just say times 10. I'm interested
1: to see how maybe, I feel That's like. Six maybe, billion times 12. Maybe some people just do it to try it out and then it, go, it starts to fade off. There's no way, man. There's no... How, 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 wow.
0: That's a lot of money. That's a lot of... But you think... But this is only one No, I'm not,
1: even, I'm not even talking. I'm talking about paying... Pay Adding $15 a month to that expense because then if you, you you get it here, you're not stopping here. You probably got Twitter. You're, buying, you're getting Twitter too.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, where else? TikTok. TikTok's going to do what you think. Do you think TikTok's going to get banned in the US? I hope it does. I don't care. I don't care. I don't know if it will or not. I hope it does. I think there's a high probability that it might. Yeah there's a high probability that it might.
1: Especially after
2: uh, what China did and Russia did.
0: Mm-hmm. hmm India going back to the rupee saying, fuck your US dollar. Yeah. You need that shit? Yeah. China and Russia saying, you know what? We're going to trade directly. We don't need anybody else. Yeah. China, Russia, I think it was Brazil. No, Brazil. China, Russia, India, and some other countries. I can't remember who it was. They're all, the world is coming unglued, man. Everyone's yeah. trying to get away from the dollar right now. Right. It's freaking me out
1: not the first time it's happened though
0: no but it, this is a very traumatic tumultuous time in u.s's financial uh dominance if you will yeah where i think england for example followed suit with the u.s even though they originally said you know what we're going to cut rates yeah and then they went right back up to raising rates i can't help but think jerome powell called up and was well, like hey
1: knew- man no we knew though we know we knew what that was going to do though we called it on the show that's just going to make their inflation problem worse
0: I'm sure it is, but which
1: is kind of which is kind of what, what the so Fed So
0: much of what we're doing now is impacting the world, right? And so much of the world is like, nope, fuck this, right? We're gonna
1: we're gonna get into what the, what the Fed's doing all that on this episode or on the next one. I
0: think we go into the next one with the Fed,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then we talk about how it's impacting housing. I like that. Let's do that. So for right now, get in with the outro, brother. Good night, everybody. Hmm. Sexy rune. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you are listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. And with that, it is a wrap, and as always, I look forward to hanging out with you all on the next episode.